Well, hello and welcome back to the View Church Podcast, and we are excited to be spending some time with you this very special week of Christmas. I am Jake, the host of the View Church Podcast, and again, sitting down with the two lead pastors, uh, co-pastors of View Church, Jeff Franks and George Stoll, and it is a Christmas unlike any other. And it's almost like not calling out the elephant in the room of what 2020 has been for for all of us, all of us listening, all of our friends and family. But yet at the same time, I cannot help myself personally um, crave the hope of Christmas when it comes around every year. And this is beyond the Hallmark movies and everything else. This is really, truly a spiritual craving that comes, especially this time of year. And maybe a lot of you are feeling the same, where you are really craving hope. And for me, Christmas has always been a story of hope, a story of uh, of God coming. And uh, I think that I, I would love to spend the time in this episode for you guys, from, a, from your own personal and pastoral perspective, to walk through how do we relearn hope um, and moving into this Christmas season? How can we still hold on to it? How can we still hold on to it when we have so many reasons and so many dings so many of us are coming out of this wounded. So many of us are coming out of us with broken relationships, broken jobs. We have economic pressure. We have all kinds of things. So um, how can we still hold on to the hope of Christmas um, in a year like this? George, do you want to uh, start? I think it starts with uh, Emmanuel, God with us, that it's finding hope and that we don't struggle and wrestle to find our way to God but that God finds us and God mm. comes to us. So I think one of the m- most hopeful aspects of the Christmas story is, is that um, God isn't trying to move us out of this to another place, that it seems that incarnation and God becoming flesh should say to us that this is good. It's good to be human. Mm. Um, it's good to be in this place at this time. Yes, there are lots of things that aren't perfect. There are lots of things that perhaps we're struggling with, um, that we're wrestling with. But I think we begin with God meets us in the middle of that, that the Christmas story is a reminder that um, God will be with us. And so I find hope just in starting there and opening my heart and opening my life to that possibility. But um, and, and then the, the other thing is just that um, God really uh, believes that, that this is worth it. Mm-hmm. This isn't just wasted time or wasted space. Um, that God values this and loves the, ex- the human experience so much that he wants to join us in it. Mm-hmm. And so he joins us wherever, however we're experiencing human life mm-hmm. right now. And that should that should that should give us some hope. Yeah, absolutely, Jeff. As you guys know, I'm I love history, and it's, it's hard for me to talk about um, much of anything related to Christianity without <laughs> relating it. Please do uh, his, historically, but um, the, as as rough a time as we've had in 2020, um, their world was much much worse. Mm. Uh, you know the, the the Jewish world was beset by violence and rebellion, and uh, you know they were under the the constant threat of Roman invasion, and they were under the boot of oppression. Uh, and 
that's the world that Jesus came into, a very violent, a very ugly, um, deeply divided world. And even in the midst of that, God looks at God's creation and and has nothing but love for it and uh, and comes to earth so that God can truly say, me too. The, 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 Jesus is, is God's way of experiencing what it is like uh, to live in the kind of broken world that we live in. And so the hope for me and how I translate that is as difficult and as challenging a year as, as it has been. And I'm sure for our listeners, everybody could tell a story about how sure. this has been difficult. Yeah. Everything from, you know, children not being able to go to school or having to, to, uh, to you know, do school at home and parents uh, either losing their jobs or having to try to figure out what they're going to do with their kids during the day yeah. uh, when they go to work and, you know, people getting very sick and losing loved ones from COVID. There's, the list goes on and on. Um, that God is somehow with us in this and that he is with us and he is, his presence just is overwhelmingly comforting. Mm. And I think what can happen in times like this, it's not that God goes away. Mm. I hear people say sometimes, you know, where's God in the midst of this? Well, God is the same place God's always been. He's right here. Mm. But what happens is we, we get overcome with our own suffering and our own struggle and our own difficulty. And so we forget to notice that God's here. And it's all in the noticing. When we notice, suddenly we are overcome with hope. We are overcome with the presence of God. We are overcome with the Spirit of God wrapping its arms around us going, listen, I'm right here. And you are loved just like you are with all your mess and with all your struggle and with all the, you know, the, the, the self-judgment, with all the, the challenges that you face and with all the areas where you think you're falling short. I love you just as I find you. Mm. And that's what that's what the, the the little baby in the manger reminds me of. Mm. And it's almost like there's such a great, there's a lot of things, a lot of angles I could take, but I think the angle I would like to take is something you mentioned in a previous um, a previous message at the church was that maybe the most hopeful thing of all is that you're okay even when you don't think you're okay. And I think that so often we come from our such a Western analytical mindset that, you know, when things are good, God is good. <laughs> and like when we're good, God is good. But we forget that there is the unconditional love side of it, that even within what you're moving through, um, God doesn't change the way he feels about you. You may change. You may have ended this year and say, man, I blew it. i I lost my job. I couldn't get it done. I couldn't, I, I lost my temper with the kids, you know, all those things. And yet maybe the most hopeful thing of all, as you were just saying, is that God is still here and his, his, his love for you, the way that he views you ha- remains unchanged and he continues to pursue. Is that kind of something that uh, you were alluding to? Yeah. Well, you know, the, the, Paul calls the, the gospel scandalous. Mm. Now, what is scandalous about God saying, "Listen, um, I'm going to love you, but you got to get yourself cleaned up, and you got to, you know, you, you got to stop doing these things over here, and you got to start doing these things over there." But just remember, remember, I love you, but 
but also remember that you got to get yourself together. Right. Th- there's no real scandal in that. No. What's scandalous is God finds us in a mess and says, you know what? If you want to keep your mess, keep it. I love you. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. Now, we, we have a difficult time accepting that. I know yeah. I do. Oh, I have a yeah. difficult time accepting it. Yeah. And I know a lot of people that love me would probably would say, Jeff, you're, you're, you're borderline getting borderline her- heresy there. And I'm yeah. like, listen, there's nothing scandalous about a gospel that says, if you believe this, you're in. Mm. If you don't believe it, not only are you, are you out, mm. but we're going to torture you for all eternity. Right. That's exactly what people do to each other. Right. There's no scandal in that. Mm. No, the, Chris, the, 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 the Christmas story and what Jesus, not just what he represents, but what he is, that's what Paul meant when he said it's scandalous. Right. Because it goes against everything we human beings want to impose upon each other and want to do to one another. Yes. No, that's really good. How about you, George? A couple things come to mind. One, just on what Jeff was saying, um, Jesus... I, I don't see him necessarily as a teacher of information, like this is what you need to believe, this is how you need to behave. Um, I see Jesus more of a teacher of of reality, of a way of understanding reality. And when you think about the Christmas story, um, it is one of vulnerability, kind of to your point, Jake, that you're okay even when you feel like things aren't okay. Well, I mean, the Christmas story is a lot of things not being okay or not looking like they're okay. <laughs> right, right. And there's no room for this baby right. to be born. You know, yeah. it ultimately he's placed in a in a stable and in a manger. And so uh, one of the things about the Christmas story is that we can be in a place of vulnerability mm. and yet still have hope. We could be in a place of vulnerability and still trust that we're being cared for, and there's a larger storyline that that's happening than just what we're experiencing right now. And so, it seems that God can take great risk in placing a child that is the good news for the hope of the world mm. in a very vulnerable place, and all the circumstances and all the things that are potentially against that experience, that right. that child growing and and experiencing the best, and he seems to to trust it mm. and have hope in it. And so I think that gives me hope that, and it should give our listeners hope, that whatever you might be facing, that perhaps the place of vulnerability is the place that we find God with us most powerfully. Mm. And so, uh, and I know that's been true in my own journey, in my own story, and for a, a lot of us, a lot of people listening, Jeff and Jake, you guys too, that often we find it's in the place that seems like it's the greatest struggle that we find the most real sense of God's love and care mm. and presence. And I, and, I, and I hope that's true. Mm. Um, and I believe it to be true um, just by my own experience. So that, that's another way of thinking about the Christmas story, that even in the place of vulnerability, perhaps we're going to be okay because God is with us. And that mm. should fill our hearts with hope. And that's such a different for a lot of our listeners. Maybe they grew up a lot like I did where the Christmas story was hopeful, but it was kind of like, man, you guys blew this so bad that now I got to send my son down there and clean it up. And so it's hopeful because 
somebody's coming to clean up, but when you really look at the other side and, and to say, no, I'm coming in so that you can under and, and, and have a relationship with me. It's like having a friend that uh, you're talking with, let's say that you're married and you're going through some personal issues with your marriage and you have a single friend. He can be there for you or she can be there for you, but they don't know exactly what it's like. And so it's different when you're sitting down with another friend that's been married for a lot of years or a marriage counselor. That's a different conversation. So when someone comes and experiences, that, in my opinion, gives me more of a a trust, more of a an ability to lean into God, because the incarnation is, like you were saying earlier, it is God coming and living a real life experience, even with Mary, it was extremely, um, talk about, uh, what was the word you used earlier? Uh, scandalous. Talk about scandalous. I mean, you couldn't get any more scandalous than how, uh, Christ came to Mary. And it's one of those things where, uh, it, the whole thing started off weird and the whole thing started off messy. And, uh, and it's just this beautiful thing where, uh, our, our lives are all messy. We we try to clean them up when our when our people come to visit our houses. We get our houses super clean and we put our nice clothes on. But after a week after that, we're all back to, you know, trying to keep our lives together. And so there is this nature of Christianity that has been propagated for too long that you have to have your life together. And that's the sign of a true Christian. That's the sign of um, of having it together. But it's almost in the not having it together is where. God shows up the most. Have you guys experienced the same thing or, 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 or felt in, in the past that, that that's been your own personal experience? In the story of the creation, uh, if you remember Adam and Eve are in the garden, right? And the serpent shows up and convinces Eve to take a bite of the apple and then Adam eats some, and and so at that point they they became aware of their nakedness, mm. and so they they covered up, and God goes walking in the garden looking for them, said Adam Eve where are you guys, and Adam says we were naked and ashamed so we hid. And I think that is the story of, I think that's the Christmas story played out again where humanity is hiding because it's aware of its brokenness Mm. and it's aware of how messed up it is. And once again, in the form of a baby in a manger, God comes walking through the garden looking for us Mm -hmm. to remind us once again that our nakedness and our shame it's not enough to separate us from his love. And so that's one of the things that, you know, I'm constantly having to remind myself. It's one of the things that uh, growing up in a, in a tradition that really emphasized sinfulness and really wanted to make sure we all knew that we were sinners and went out of their way to remind us that all the time. Um, you, that can, you can internalize that. Mm-hmm. And especially when you're told that, that your sin is so great that the only way to overcome it is some innocent person had to die. Mm-hmm. And um, when, when a person internalizes that, it, it's very easy to turn on yourself. Mm-hmm. 
it's very easy to say, well, gosh, I am pretty miserable. Mm. And, you know, even it's bearing out even the way I think about myself and maybe some of the choices I'm making, it only confirms what I already know. I'm a miserable sinner. And so to see Jesus in the, in the manger is a reminder that God is walking through the garden saying, but Jeff, I love you as I find you. Mm. And so I think for me, it's that hope that, that God is continually loving me as he finds me. Mm. That's beautiful. And I would just add that, uh, yeah, um, what you're talking about is I'm unacceptable as I am or, you know, uh, there's some kind of shame or some kind of brokenness that, um, you know, God can't find me until something miraculous happens. And I think Christmas is that miraculous thing. Christmas is the miracle that um, we're not struggling to uh, find our way to God, that God, no matter what, is loving and moving toward us in every possible way that uh, God possibly can. So um, it's really a posture of the heart of like um, trusting that love can truly bring about the transformation that makes us more whole and, and more of the people that we actually desire to be. Because what's deepest in us is not this kind of human being that... Um, we can't relate to or doesn't make sense to us or is just a list of rules or expectations that a divine being has. Mm. When we truly discover the deepest, truest parts of who we are, we find that it aligns with this divine love and this God. And we couldn't be more inspired to become those kind of people. And um, it's actually love that helps us see it. It's actually divine love that inspires us um, to, to grow and mature and see reality in new ways that we don't just think that it's a, a dream. We actually begin to believe that it's possible to become those kind of people. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't be more thrilled to, to become them. So, yeah, it's a different way of understanding how God works in our brokenness or in our weakness or um, in the places of our lives that... Um, if we're honest, we don't really like. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that I, I wanted to um, reiterate a word. You you said the word, um, you said the holy desire before, and you, you've talked about inspiration. I've always found it interesting that as we celebrate Christmas six days later, we're expected to have our New Year's resolutions and get ready for the next year and, and improve ourselves. And so I want to, I want to, um, lean on this because, and maybe we can close with this out. I, I used to reference it in my own head as a Christmas carryover. I, I always wanted to take whatever I found within the Christmas time, whether it was because I was being present, noticing, you mentioned noticing earlier, um, be just taking the time to be adamant about connecting with God. I wanted to, that to carry over. I didn't want to wake up on December 26th pack the gifts up, and then get back to normal life. So um, what are some ways that um, we can create that Christmas carryover? And maybe it's just as simple as saying, yeah, I, I deal with shame, and I, I, I have been really hard on myself this year. Instead of 
keeping your list of all the things that you don't like about yourself, admit you have the list and then say, this is probably where my healing, instead of you know trying to set new financial goals or try to get a better job or become a better person, maybe this year is about letting God have this list and admitting that I have it. And maybe this year is about stepping into 2021, um, yearning for assistance, yearning to see myself as God sees myself instead of having that perpetual need, because we'll all start getting our emails and Facebook posts about, do you have your New Year's resolutions in place? And maybe this year is about having an unresolution to say, you know, this year I want the healing that is that is brought about through this atonement. And um, and I want to experience it and practice it. And so do you guys have any uh, anything to add to that as we close out, as we can move through after Christmas, we pack the stuff up. What are some ways that we can create that holy desire and that inspiration to move into the new year and into 2021? Listening to you ask that question, it makes me think about how brilliant our church fathers were in the Christian calendar that uh, Christmas, the day after Christmas, the winter solstice begins and mm. daylight begins to get longer. Mm. So um, this isn't the moment to hide from God. It's the time to allow the light to shine more brightly every day. And we can trust it that it's that light is not going to shame us. It's not going to bury us in something that now we feel more horrible about ourselves or the kind of person that we're becoming. But that light not only shines on brokenness in a healing and a loving way, but it begins to show us a little more clearly about who we can possibly be. Mm. And so we, we, we can trust the light of the world. And uh, I just love that in the Christian calendar, not only is that a spiritual metaphor, but it's actually begin beginning to happen in the physical world. Every day is beginning to have a little more light. Well, what if we translated that to our heart mm. and to our being? And um, we trust God with his light to lead us to being everything that he's made us to be. For me, it's you, you spoke about New Year's resolutions. My, my New Year's re- resolution is to accept the fact that God loves me. Mm. And one of the things that I tend to do is, is I, I have no problem whatsoever believing that God loves you and that God loves George and that God loves all of our wonderful listeners, that's easy. But to believe that God loves me and to accept that love Mm -hmm. and not to reject it because I don't think I deserve it, that's what's hard. And so I would say for for me, it's about continually committing myself to openly and with an open heart receiving God's love and letting God love me. Because it's only then that the transformation that I want to see happen can begin to happen. We can't transform unless we accept the fact that we're loved by our creator and until we embrace that love. Mm. So for me, it is about that. And then the other thing I would say, Jake, and this is probably something that, that I haven't talked about enough, is the importance of being in community. Mm. Um, I have to be in community sometimes because I need to be reminded that I'm loved Mm. and I need to also be able to remind others how much I love them. And so I would say, and and I don't know about everyone else, but for me, it's been easier during COVID for me to hole up in my house 
and not be with people. And that's not healthy. And so make a, a concerted effort to be with people however you can, certainly with a mask and certainly distanced, but make, a, make an effort to be with people so that you can be reminded that you're loved and so that you can remind others how much you love them. Mm. Well, thank you guys so much. That was, it certainly um, inspired me and I felt very um, touched th- through what you were saying because I, I, I do feel that so many of us are just tired. And when we get tired, it's so easy to get down on ourselves and to think about closing out a year that's been difficult for all of us um, and then having to uh, relearn, redo, pull our bootstraps up. I think just the word more comes in. Uh, how do we address this to know that God always searches for us? And I, you let you let off of that, George and Jeff, you hit on it. And that's just such a beautiful image that even within our shame, even within our own uh, darkness in our minds and all the things that we're going through, God still comes and he still shows up and that's reminded in Christmas. And so we hope uh, that you, no matter where you are, um, that can find that. And really the community piece, uh, Jeff, is so important. I don't think any of us have any idea how much this isolation has taxed us mentally. And we want to encourage you all um, that as uh, we continue to move through the safety guidelines and everything, and, and, and who knows what will happen over the next uh, little bit, that, that you continue to realize that that is a massive part and that there's the reason why uh, View Church is here um, and the reason why it will continue to be here uh, through this. We are here for you. Uh, please reach out to Jeff or George if you need any type of pastoral care. That can be done on a Zoom call or any kind of safety protocol that they follow. But uh, we love you. We hope that uh, you find that hope of Christmas this year. Hope that you know that you don't have to have it together and that God loves you through this. And uh, we're here with you as always. So Merry, Merry Christmas. We hope you and your family have a blessed time and we will talk to you soon. Thank you so much.